I am your host, Matthew Benko. In episode one, titled Acknowledging the Journey of the Military Life and Beyond, we shine a light on the importance of recognizing challenges as the first step towards resolution. Joined by our guest, Nafis Bea, a seasoned expert in navigating military, personal, and professional hurdles. We uncover the significance of acknowledging obstacles before charting a path forward. Throughout this episode and the entire series, we will introduce a transformative framework, acknowledge, accept, process, plan, and action that serves as a roadmap for conquering life's adversities and guiding you to achieve your goals. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Remember to to subscribe to the Acknowledge to Action YouTube channel and podcast on your preferred podcast streaming service. Let's transition from acknowledgement to action together. Well, hey, Nafis, man, thank you for being here. I'm really excited to get the podcast going. Um, I've known you a long time, so I'm really looking forward to this. We talked a little bit about what it represents and what acknowledge to action it entails is, is what the um, you know all the behind the scenes stuff, right? So with that said, you know again, I want to say thank you for being here, Nafis. I'm really thank looking for forward. Oh man, this is, this is going to be great. This I can't think of a better way to kick off the, this inaugural episode. Um, so, can you share with our listeners uh, a little bit about your military background and the journey that led you to serve? All right, so uh, I'll try to make it short. So basically. Went off to college, 2001. Uh, wasn't so successful in my college journey due to funds. So I decided that uh, I needed to make a way and uh, get back to college. So I, I basically came home, hanging around the neighborhood. You know, could have got into things I shouldn't been getting into. So I, was, I, I really needed to do something. I knew somebody at the Delaware Guard and. Uh, they reached out to me, and the rest was history. 2002, September, September 16th, I believe, 2002, I enlisted in the Guard. And that was like my, my, my main goal was to get back to college. And I uh, found out that they had tuition assistance, went in, did all the paperwork, and they said, hey, uh, you live in Pennsylvania. This is the Delaware National Guard. We're not giving you 100% tuition assistance. So uh, that was a kind of kick, kick to the, you know. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so I, I, did, I was, I won't lie, I was a little upset with the guard. Wanted to get out, and I actually got a full time job there, and it changed my life. Full time okay. job set me right economically. Uh, I had a kid. I was able to take care of my family. So the guard became my life. And at the end of the day, I wound up, they changed the laws. I wound up getting in state tuition assistance, went on and got a bachelor's, went on and got a master's. So pretty much that was it for me. I, I was, I have a feeling there, there's more to than that was just it. There's a yeah, lot of layers. There's a lot more, yeah, you know, deployments. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> um, that, yeah, it's, it's just, that is it. we're going to talk a little bit about that, that dynamic. And it's like, yeah. Here you, you're you're approaching retirement now, right? And, you know, yeah. any day now, almost like yeah. I think you're a couple weeks out from retirement, right? Yeah, about about three weeks. So, how, how many years of service total? Twenty one. Twenty one. Uh, that's 
that that's something. I mean, when you look back on it, it goes by pretty quick. But when you're in process process doing it, especially at the National Guard level, and that that that's what this you know the podcast. I mean, we're, we're talking with veterans, we're talking with servicemen from active duty, the National Guard and Reserve, mm -hmm. but particularly mm -hmm. the dynamic that comes with serving in the National Guard. So you served in the U.S. Air Force, Air National Guard for mm -hmm. 21 years, right? Coming Correct. up on 20 years, one years, um, and you you um the majority of your time was as a full-timer right correct 15 okay. years okay so fit talk a little bit about like when you hear full-time because some when we hear national guard reserves we think of weekend warriors one a week in a month two weeks out of the year right mm -hmm. um can you talk a little bit about that so your first 15 years you're a full-timer talk a little bit about that so basically i got lucky 19 years old got a full-time job or 20 years old got a full-time job there and uh, it changed my life because coming out, coming out of high school, really no uh, further education beyond that. It's hard to get a you know good job and take yeah. care of a family on a minimum wage salary. So I kind of got lucky. I got in there full time uh, with literally little knowledge about my career, um, and the guard changed that. It, it, it gave me a, a platform to actually learn a trade. Um, and get good at it. So uh, I spent that 15 years just homing, homing in on my skills. And over the years, you will find that it gets tough. It gets tough at some points because I think in my 10 years, I maxed out my pay. And 10 years in, and you like, I'm like, well, I'm 30 years old, maybe. You know, I'm like, yeah. I'm never going to make any more money. This is it. You know, this is this is everything. And uh, that's the tough part about it because you get stuck, but you don't want to leave because it's good money. You know, you're able to take care of your family, but you like, is there something else out there? You know? Yeah. And I was young. I was young. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't. I, that's when I started questioning myself. And I was like, you know what? Is it, is it more for me to do? Can I do it? And how do I get there? You know, and working full time, I had that ability to see different routes. I had the ability to spend that time going to college and they were paying for it. I got to talk to a bunch of people networking, you know, using that time valuable, being full time and being around all those resources, you know, it was great. Yeah. It was great. Um, but, you know, then the other flip side to it is, you know, you have that military uniform on, you know, we dual status. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm a civilian now, but no, I got the military uniform on and, you know, it's, it, it's kind of weird, but. No, it is. And you, you hit, well, you got a lot of great points in what you just said, but, you know, what you were saying about the, the whole dual status thing, you know, because um, talk a little bit about when you say like you're full time, like, mm. uh, are you an active duty military member or are you a civil Sir, you know, GS yeah. position, wage grade. So talk a little bit about that because it's interesting because you're wearing the uniform, but you're in a different pay status. Right. And, and so, talk about how, like, that could be challenging and confusing yeah. at times, right? Yes. It's, yeah. it, when I first started, it was very confusing. And then I just dealt with it like, you know what? This is just the military. Um, it's not civil <laughs> service or whatever. It's the military. Yeah. Because no matter what, the military is always going to be the, the deciding factor in every element of that position, you know, because you have the uniform on. So they're going to say, well, if you were in a uniform, you have to do this. All right. So that's the control aspect behind that, which sucks because you're really not in the military. 
when you're a full-time civilian personnel, you know, we're just contributing to the mission at that point. But, you know, I think for, for more people that have issues that being in that status is an issue, you know, for me, I just went with the flow. I went with the flow. I came to work. I did my job. I never really pissed anybody off. I just did what I had to do, you know, but when you have an issue, you know, during the week, they might can't touch you, but during that one week in the month, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you're on their time, so they can do whatever they want, you know, so it, it, it's tough for some people. I didn't really have an issue that, that much with it. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it, it's an interesting um, variable. Mm-hmm. To say the least, right? Because yeah, yeah. uh, because th- th- there is a percentage of a full time work seven that consists of AGRs, right? Active yeah. Guard Reserve, yeah. and then you have your technicians, right? And then that's what yeah. you were, right? You you were yeah, a technician, technician. Mm-hmm. okay? And that's all facilitated to USA Jobs. Your traditional yeah. for those familiar with the you know uh, you know GS and wage grade federal job position, you're yeah. you're, you're technically a technician, right? Yeah. Um, and those dual statuses, that's what you're referring to. Those yeah. dual statuses. It could, yeah, it's, it's challenging. It's, it's talking about yeah. beyond the, the uniform because yeah. you are technically speaking beyond the uniform during the week, Monday through yeah. Friday, yeah. You're, you're in a, a technician status. And then yeah. the one week in a month, you're in a military status. And when, when you deploy, we get activated, right? Yeah. So we're yeah. going to talk a little bit here shortly, like the types of activations, where, where the yeah. military took you um, yeah. and, and how that transition, how you manage that transition going yeah. from full-time military status mm-hmm. as, you know, as we, you know, with title 10, we get activated, right. Mm-hmm. And then back to, to the technician status or, or mm-hmm. whatnot. But, and, I, um, and I will, I will say the tough part about those dual status positions is that, you know, that your life depends on being there because once you get out the military, you can't have a full-time technician job. Yeah. So you have to stay in the military to hold your position. So it's like, well, I don't want to be in the military for the rest of my life, but I still want a job, you know? So that's the sucky part about it. You know, it, it, yeah. that's it. weird. Um, you know, to, to identify some of the things you acknowledge, you said earlier, like at a, right out of high school, right? You, you, mm-hmm. you knew like, I got to do something. Um, I, you had, you acknowledged, right. You acknowledged mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I want to go to school and I need some resources to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you identified the air force at the time, again, cause mm-hmm. I know looking back in hindsight, it's, uh, you could look back and, and decipher things a little bit better. Right. Mm-hmm. But like all, all you knew is like air force, you didn't know this dynamic between the no. Delaware guard and the Pennsylvania no. guard and active duty air force. Like, it's just like, wow, no. I just. Just, I just joined I just, the Air Force. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to join the Air Force. And, and um, but, you know, I just want to highlight how you acknowledge that, like, internally. Like, and we could yeah, we could pull back the layers a little bit, but it's like you knew, Nafis knew at 17, 18, getting out of high school, I got to do something to, yeah. to, to find a way to take action, to put tools in my toolbox, <laughs> to get the resources I need to go, you know, achieve these goals and objectives, yeah. right? Yeah, um, that, sure. That's kind of what, what I'm hearing here as far. Yeah. And the Air Force did that, right? Yeah. And the Air mm-hmm. National Guard did that. And, and you found home Delaware Air National Guard for 20 mm-hmm. plus years, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, yeah. And, and I know in summary, that sounds like, okay, you know, but man, there's a lot that goes into that 21 years. So yeah. with that said, talk a little about where the your journey has taken you 
what went, you know, from, not, you know, it could start from day one and there, but let's talk about the deployments. Let's talk about the TDYs. Let's talk about yeah. the training. Cause I'm, um, you know, can you please share with the audience first? Like what, so in the air force, I always joke, it's real easy to, to, you know, um, make light of stuff, but we are special. So we call yeah. ours. AFSC, Air Force Specialty Code, right? Other branches of service known as the MOS, Military Occupational Specialty, right? So what was your AFSC slash MOS um, in the Air Force? I was, uh, my first was a 2A74, I believe that's what it was. That was uh, um, survival equipment. Okay. And then uh, survival equipment merged with life support and I became a 1P0 X1 or 1P09, I'm a 1P091, I'm a nine level. Okay. Um, so, which is now air crew flight equipment. Air crew so, flight equipment, okay. Basically, we uh, maintain the equipment for air crew members and we put it on the aircraft, we inspect it, parachutes, uh, oxygen masks, uh, we conduct classes for, for the air crew members. Um, uh, different training, different survival training. Um, it's not a tough job at all. It's not a tough job. It's tedious, but everything that we do is for the crew members and we can't afford to mess up because crew members lives depend on it. They yeah. depend on our equipment to be, you know, good and, and great working condition. Um, so I found that over the years, you could get, you can get very relaxed in doing our job because it's just, you know, it comes easy yeah. to you, it comes natural. But, you know, over the course of the, of, of the years, we had multiple um, uh, units that had uh, aircraft incidents and um, people lost their lives. And I found that um, when that happens, everybody, any, anybody involved can be liable. That one mm -hmm. screw you put in a mask, even if it's not a part of the aircraft accident, they're investigating and if they find it's wrong, it's on you, you know. Um, so I, I've always tried to take my job serious, but, um, me being in my position, it, it gave me the ability to travel a little bit. You know, we've been on deployments to Afghanistan. I think my first three deployments was Bagram, Afghanistan, which yeah. kind of sucks. <laughs> it kind of sucks. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I met people. I got to see a lot of things. I, and for me, like I always tell people, I'm, I'm fortunate to be, to have been a part of a lot of events that changed America. You know, we were part of the war, back, war in Afghanistan. I was there um, when uh, they uh, got Osama bin Laden. Um, this period that just passed when they pulled out of Afghanistan, I was in Kuwait uh, and we supported those missions. So it was pretty dope to be a part of historical yeah. events. You know, I can go back and say, hey, I was there, you know, I can tell my kids about it. You know, I, I made a difference somewhere, one way or another. Um, it's tough to see some of the things that's happening around the world, but yeah. to know that we're there to um, make some changes is, is really dope, which is one of the hardest things that you have to deal with over this last couple of months when I've been making, when I made that decision to uh, retire, Yeah, you know, so yeah, but I've been all over, we've been Germany, Italy, Scotland, Canada, yeah. you know, 
So it was a combination of deployments to places you probably never want to go back to again. And there's probably a number of places, um, you know, I've been with you on some of those those, uh, experiences, you know, I I was over there with you in Kuwait and I was just getting to the unit when you guys were over in Afghanistan, um, you know, and so, yeah, I, I remember all that. And that's, that's, you know, you, you acknowledging that and inventorying that, right? All those yeah. experiences that you could share with friends, family, colleagues. I mean, there's, we pull back the layers. There's so much to be shared and talk about, you yeah. know, and I'll say that there's good, there's bad, and there's straight mm-hmm. up ugly stuff that we've yeah. experienced, right? Yeah, that you've experienced sure. and all that. And um, I, that's the importance of, of, of this is to just kind of like acknowledge that, you yeah. know, accept things that are harder to accept. You know, and process that. We need yeah. to take time to process and, and 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 you know plan for ideally action that's going to lead to favorable outcomes, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and and that's that's kind of you know I look back on my military experience and all that and do it, and it, it's it helps with that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you said some really important things, you know, um, AFE, right? Air crew flight mm-hmm. equipment. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have a pretty we have a pretty significant, you know, wearing the uniform, we have a tight, close knit working relationship, right? Yeah, As an mm-hmm. air crew guy, you reference air crew, C-130 loadmaster. It is so important like that, that trust piece and the integrity piece, right? The Air mm-hmm. Force core value, our first thing is integrity first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a reason for, for that. Like every organization unit you name it, has these core values but it's amazing like when you get older you may you look it makes a lot more sense right yeah because i know sure. when i was in basic training it's like it's just something you memorize like what yeah, yeah. here here you well, go i i, I yeah, memorize yeah, it yeah. But, but but when you apply it so every job i'll say this every job we do in the, in the military is is important important it's critical. Mm-hmm. yeah we, we all have our part um but as i was listening to what you're saying um you know, there's a reason why we have training um, and the core values and all the stuff that we do to stay current and proficient, right? Because there is, mm-hmm. a, I'll say this, there is a false sense, of, false sense of security when we get comfortable doing something, right? That's a fact. Um, and with that, it's easy. Well, we, we could arguably, we're all guilty of that to a certain extent. So when we yeah. challenge ourselves and when we're in a moment to acknowledge that, like where we feel ourselves getting a little complacent, it's important to keep ourselves in check. Now, with your rank, you're senior master sergeant. That's E8, right? Um, yeah. And so your job, I will, let me ask you what was your job. As a senior master sergeant, as a senior leader in the AFE section, how, how do you address that? Like internally, you know, with yourselves, because you, you hit a lot of good key points. But how, how do you do that to, to empower all those that are in your shop to, mm-hmm. to be their best and to provide that? that that service and that product that's so super critical you know mm-hmm. in the in the uh air crew world I, I think i think for for me i've been blessed with having a shop dynamic where we came we grew up together we're family so the airmen and women under me um they watch me grow into where i'm at now so they respect me because they know the position that I've always taken, I've always been honest. I've always been hardworking. I've mm-hmm. always made the best effort to understand any regulation, policy, whatever that's going to benefit us and the crew members and United States Air Force in the whole. You know, yep. I've always took, made the, the best effort possible. So, as an E eight now, 
when I make decisions, it's like, all right, we, we're going with what he says. We're going with his decisions because I set that I set that an example, and I've always done the right thing. They can always count on me to do the right thing, you know. Um, so it, it, it's never been hard for me to lead, you know, because I've yeah. been taught. To, I, I, and, and one, I, I've always said that we have to have we have to have great mentors, and we have to be great mentors. I, I've had a good mentor, you know. Uh, you know, you know, Chief Keith. Like Chief Keith does not do anything he's not supposed to do. Yeah. He, he's always made that clear. Even if he had enough room to wiggle to do something and could get away with it, he still wouldn't do it. And he taught me that. Always do the right thing. Always do it the right way. Because if you do it that way, you won't have to worry about getting in trouble. Yeah. You know, even if somebody doesn't like the way that you did it, they can't say anything because you did it the right way, you know? So that's how I try to lead. And that absolutely speaks to the Air Force core values. Like, uh, you know, integrity first, service before self, excellence in all we do. All we do. Mm -hmm. and, and really, you know, when you take a step back, that's so empowering. Um, yeah. and, you know, and it's such a guiding force because when, when times get a little bit tough or, you know, we could, I mean, there's a laundry list probably of times where we're overwhelmed. Where, mm -hmm. where, where it's just a lot on our plate, but mm -hmm. that's where resiliency comes into play, okay. uh, adaptability, and all, all, all the good training we have. You know, um, yeah. we could put it into action, right? Yeah. So uh, that's that's real important here. I, I, now, I want to touch upon something you said. You said, you know, you you grew up. Your 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 shop is your family, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have relationships with some of these folks for mm -hmm. 20 plus years, uh, you know, mm -hmm. you and Chief Keith go back mm -hmm. 20 plus years, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, in the active duty world, um, we know like every, arguably, you know, generally speaking, every two, three years, you're 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 being relocated mm -hmm. because that's just the nature of, of the active duty world, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the guard, it's here you are, you know, talking about how th this was your home, this is your family for 20 yeah. plus years. And yeah. there there's there's a lot of return on value with that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and there's some importance, but there's also some challenges with that too, mm -hmm. you know, to, cause we can get comfortable with somebody like for you, yeah. you know, you came in uh, as a, uh, Aaron basic, I assume, right. Yeah. One striper yeah. Ewan and moved all the way up to E8 and, mm -hmm. and your, your colleagues saw that experienced that and, and all that stuff. And, um, talk a little bit of how you managed that, that dynamic, um, to, to grow into that role, you know, of, mm -hmm. of leadership and to go from an airman basic all the way up to senior master sergeant with your family, because mm -hmm. there are family dynamics that yeah. are important to um, be aware of, right? Yeah, yeah, um, and for sure, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah when, I mean, when you're growing together, you know, there might be some hate, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, how did he get promoted over me? And, it, you know, but I've always learned that it's so easy to operate in the guard. Just do what you're supposed to do. You know, you do your PME, you do your CDCs, you stay out of trouble, don't get in trouble, don't get on anyone's radar. And I just always say, ultimately, just be a good person. You know, because yeah. when people like you, they're going to go to the full length to do things for you. They want to mm -hmm. see you be successful. So I just try to stick with that mentality. You know, I came to work every day. I try to be the best I could be. And when it was time to get promoted, they're like, here's the checklist. Do you have all this stuff done? I sure do. All right, yeah. we're getting promoted. Whereas though some of my peers, they're like, did you do this? Did you do that? 
no, I don't have the time. It's too hard. Well, you don't want it that bad. If you want something, you have to sacrifice most of the time. You'll have to sacrifice something, whether it be your time, you know, whether it be shit. How many times? Oh, excuse me. I don't, can I no, it's you? all good. <laughs> well, we're not regulated by the FCC. Yeah. <laughs> so you just let it rip, man. <laughs> you know, we sacrifice our families, you know, deploying, yep. you know, but I understood the whole time that I was in the guard that there were going to be sacrifices. I sacrificed time with my family. I think the first year my daughter was born, I was TDY. The first year she was born, I went TDY for a year. Yeah. Um, I sacrificed that time because I knew in 20 years it was going to pay off. Rather it was that my kids have a GI bill or, you know, mm -hmm. VA rating. I have a VA rating because I, I hurt myself. But it was that was a sacrifice. I sacrificed my body. I sacrificed my time, you know, my family. But now I feel comfortable that uh, everything's going to work out, you yeah. know. But definitely coming up, you know, there's challenges. But every time you get promoted, it's like a breath of fresh air. You, we call it getting re-blued. I got re-blued every time yeah. I got promoted. <laughs> yep. Every time I got promoted, I was motivated. All right, I'm a staff sergeant. It's time to do staff sergeant things. I'm a tech sergeant, you know. So it's just try to keep your head in the game and, and just always want the best for the people coming up after you, you know, yeah. and I, I think that's what helped me and kept me motivated. Yeah. No, that, that, that's really, um, that's really cool. How you said that is, is like, at the end of the day, you're responsible for the actions you take, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and ideally I would think generally speaking, we want to engage in behaviors that lead to favorable outcomes. Right. Um, and that's where we have to inventory ourselves and say, all right, this is an opportunity. You know, it's based off preparation and based mm -hmm. off skill set, education, training, all experience, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's just, you know, um, you doing that in the Delaware guard and in, in yeah. the, in, in an organization that you've been a part of 21 years is, yeah. is credit to you, you know, yeah. because it's easy to get complacent. Um, but it's also challenging to set yourself from those peers and the, the family and say, all right, I, I, I got business to attend to. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I think of, you know, what I was thinking of when you were talking like slow and steady wins the race, you know, 21, mm -hmm. you know what, if you're starting day one today, man, mm -hmm. 20 years, you, you're not even thinking about five years ahead of you, no, let alone no. 20. You're like, what? 20 years. Yeah. I know when I was having like 20, I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, well, whatever. I don't even know what that means right now, but slow and steady wins the race, but there's going to be a lot of trials and tribulations along the way. Yeah. There's going to be detours. There's going to be obstacles. There's yeah. going to be, I mean, and there's so many we could go into, but finding those ways to do it is, is the critical part, right? Yeah. It's actual part. It's about, like you talk about preparation, it's about that preparation. And I, being young in the guard, I didn't care about that at one point. Yeah. I just was like, show me the money. How do I make more money? Get promoted. Show me the money. But then, like I said, when I got that 10 years in and I learned that, oh, I can be stuck here and I can't make any more money and I'm just stuck in this position and I'm not moving. That's when I started understanding preparation. Preparation. Uh, you know? yeah. That's when I started looking on the outside. That's when I was like, oh. You know, I'm a contracting officer now, so I'm looking on the outside. I remember one day going on USA Jobs, and I see contracting officer, contracting officer, contracting officer, contractor. I'm like 80,000, 115,000. You know, I'm like, whoa, 
all right, how do I get one of these jobs? Because there seems to be a lot of those jobs out there. And it took me five years to put wow. myself, actually, it took, I started before that, so it probably took me eight years to put myself in that position because I found out that you had to have a degree to get that job. So I said, I'm going to, now it's time for me to go back to school and get my degree. Went back and got my bachelor's, you know, applied for jobs. I applied for, I think, 30-something jobs. I got an offer letter from almost all of them. And it was just, it took me eight years. It took me like, no, about, probably about six to seven years to get to that position. But I knew, like you said, slow and steady. I knew it was going to take time. Yeah. But you, you have to plan for the future. You have to have a plan. You have to have a plan. And um, I think now, this is one of the issues that I have with some of the younger airmen and women. They don't, oh, my chair keeps going down. They don't, um, they don't care about the future as much. You know, they want everything so fast. And it's like, listen, you can even get everything right now, but you wouldn't understand it. You yeah. don't have the mental capacity. You wouldn't appreciate to, it and it, value yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. You want to destroy it the minute you get it. So just take your time. But you set that plan up. You prepare, you know, and uh, the outcome, it feels good, man. It, I'm going to share a quote with you that stuck with me over the years. And then I'll tell you where I got it from. I mean, yeah. I'd be super surprised if, if you knew right away where I got it from, because you might be surprised where I heard it and where it stuck with me, right? Mm. Um, so the time to plan for a rainy day is when the sun is out. Mm. And that's stuck with me over the years, because it's like, hey, you know, the time to plan for that, we look at rainy day, like almost in a good way. It's like eight mm. years, here you are talking about eight years out. Like, okay, mm. I want to start this transition. You acknowledge, mm. all right, I, I've, I've um, hit the max as far as what I'm capable of achieving uh, as a mm. technician. Here mm -hmm. in, in the car, and then this is a perfect segue into the civilian career questions that we're going to go into. Um, mm -hmm. And you, you acknowledge that, you accepted it for what it is, and then you processed it, did what you had to do, and you came up with a plan to take action. And then, mm -hmm. boom, here you are in a, a GS position. We'll, we'll get clarity mm -hmm. here in a second. Mm -hmm. That's that's your rainy day. Your rainy day was uh, eight years out. You were in your. Um, technician job in the air guard where things were stable things were steady but you knew what you had to do to achieve that next next objective right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and and that's what that's what I, I think about that quote often so um do you know where i got that from I, i'll give no. you a hint it, it was from a, a childhood cartoon a childhood cartoon. I know. I'm I'm throwing out like that's like wow. There's like hundreds. That's like where are you going with this? Where are you going with this? So, I, so all right. Growing up in the '80s and '90s, there's, I mean, there's some epic cartoons out here. That, yeah, for so, sure. Thundercats was a go-to. Thundercats. Go -to. Yeah. Thundercats. Oh yeah, that's your thing. Yeah, yeah. We talked yeah. about this before. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. So yeah. Panthro said that to Lionel, right? Yeah. And it was in one episode, and I, I just I watched it. So I have a five-year-old son, right? And we're watching. You know, YouTube gives you everything, right? Yeah. Um, and we were watching this episode, and he's all into it, which is awesome as a dad. And see, and then I remember I was like, he said that. I'm like, man, I probably heard that when I was like eight or nine or whatever. I'm like, yeah, well, what's he talking about? I, I, you yeah. didn't get much credit. But yeah. in the moment, just just within the last like whatever year or two, I heard them like, that's that, yeah. that's good. So we get inspiration and motivation from all different sorts. And when you mm -hmm. know, um, on the tail end of this episode, we're we're kind of, you know, skim the surface on how some things can influence beyond the the technical 
training that we've had access to, you know, like mm -hmm. you said, with, with, uh, um, you know, every, all the training, all the formal training that we've been through. Mm -hmm. Um, so you referenced your civilian profession, right? Mm -hmm. So you're, you're now in that role and you've been doing it for what, five, approximately five years, five years right? Mm -hmm. So, so what is your civilian profession and how does it complement or contrast with your military career? You touched upon how like you transitioned to it and, mm -hmm. and you did what you had to do to achieve it. But talk a little bit about that. I, you know, as far as how you've managed your civilian career beyond the military uniform to technically mm -hmm. this civilian uniform to talk a little bit about that. So, so at first it was, it was pretty tough. I actually had anxiety because I was at the guard for so long. Yeah. Um, and then going into the full civilian world, uh, they don't operate how we operate, you mm -hmm. know, <laughs> accountability, you know, so it was just weird for me. It took me, it took me like a year and a half, two years to adjust because it was so much more relaxed. It was so more, so much more relaxed. So I had a little anxiety. Um, but now I'm booming and thriving. So basically I'm a contracting officer. Um, I work in construction and equipment. So I buy a lot of, a lot of things that we use. It, P touch labels. I buy things like pens. Um, I purchase uh, I purchased everything, man. I don't know. I've, you know. Well, what organization, what department is that? Are, are you uh, with? So I work. I work. Uh, so I work at DLA Troop Support, which is under uh, Department of Defense. It's a okay. Um, yeah, it's under Department of Defense, and um, yeah, we buy everything for the military. We buy everything. So it's for me. It means a lot, and, and it, it helps me because I know I'm retiring from the military. But now I'm still contributing, right? Okay. Right. So I work with a lot of people who don't understand the military, never had any military experience. So, like I said, we do contracts, and they always ask me. They're like, "You're always working so hard." I'm like, "Cause it's important for these guys to have this stuff." Yeah. Whether it's a battery, it could be a sticker. You know how much labels and stickers, how important <laughs> they are when we having an inspection. Oh, you didn't put a two by two label on this piece of equipment. Yeah. Oh, you fell. Uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. When I'm doing contracts, I keep, I keep, you know, the Delaware Guard members and any other member in the Army, Marines, Navy, I keep these guys in mind. I'm like, this here, this contract that I'm working on is extremely important. If they yeah. ordered it, they need it, you know. So I think that's been helping me a lot with my transition because I found something that was still, um, it still, it still, it still has a relationship with the military some type of way, you know. Um, and I still might get the opportunity to deploy. I'm actually supposed to, they asked me to go to Europe in about like four weeks or something. As, as your civilian as contractor civilian. position, yeah. as, as yeah. a, okay. Wow. So yeah. with the DL, is that Defense Logistics Agency? Yeah. So, so yeah. with the Defense Logistics Agency, you still have the opportunity to go overseas. Yeah. Um, and, oh man, that's, that's like second nature to you now at this yeah. point. Yeah. It's like, all yeah. right, you got this, you know, yeah. and um, it, it's almost like, um, that could be anxiety provoking for somebody who's never done it, but it's like here, it's almost oh, yeah. like it's normal. It's like, yeah. it's, it's funny. It's like, I know for me, um, I get anxiety when I don't go anywhere for X amount of period of time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a different, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going 12 months without a major life deviation, yeah. you know, yeah. like, so. <laughs> yeah. It's um, depressing sometimes I get like that. I just yeah. was telling my fiance, I was like, 
I really need to do something or go somewhere. And I was telling her, I said, me getting out the military, those 18, every 18 months, you probably going on a deployment. I look forward to it. You know, it's like, man, I sit around the house and I'm like, I got to do something. I got to go back to school, pick up a trade. I have to do something because I won't have a military part of my life, you know, but working in my new position, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely helped ease the process. And I like it because I'm a beacon of light for the people that I work around because they never understood, you know, they, I've heard somebody say, oh, that's just a, that's just a sticker. Why are they emailing uh, me so goes, much about It goes way beyond that. Yeah. yeah I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, you don't know what that sticker is used for, you know? Yeah. It might be an arrow that's telling you to press this button. And if these people don't know to press that button, they might blow the wrong person. Up. You know, I'm like, you just don't know, yeah. you know, but when they hear me talk about it so passionately, they want to do their jobs a little bit better, you know? So, I mean, it, I, and I, and that's what I would tell any, anyone retiring. If you plan on working, try to do something that's going to scratch that itch that you may have or yeah. that you'll miss about being in the military or work, work around military members or veterans or something, you know, cause it will, it will definitely help ease the anxiety. Cause dude, I was getting anxiety a lot, especially when I first left, I was just like, oh man, I left, I, I was, I had it nice over there in Delaware, you know, yeah. but, um, you have to make the leap. Can't be you here do. forever. Yeah, you do. You got to take that next step on your journey. You got to keep that momentum. And from, what you're sharing and how you're describing the last, you did that. Like you saw, um, I don't want to call it the writing on the wall, but like a 10, 11 yeah. years, you were yeah. like, all right, I got to start this transition. Yeah. And it was five, it was another five years out. You did what you had to do, but you kept that momentum. And that's, that's, that's pretty insightful. That, 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 yeah. that's really keen awareness. And, you know, just in my opinion, I'm, I'm like, man, that, that, that's pretty impactful. Um, yes. Cause we talk about, that there's common dialogue out there as, as veterans, whether we're active duty, guard, reserves, even family members, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, how do we deal with transition, right? Where we go from from this particular environment, what we're used to, to the next, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And arguably, everyone in life has to deal with that to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. In the military, and especially in the guard, there's added levels of, there's, there's added degrees to that, right? Mm -hmm. So with that said, with transition and work-life balance, right? Those are big, like we hear that often, right? Just like, mm -hmm. like leadership could be a buzzword. It's like, what does that even mean sometimes? Right, but, right. Um, to focus on the work-life balance and the transition, but here, you know, I'll say maintaining a work-life balance can be difficult, um, even with just one career, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. just for working the DLA and all, that, that that's a beast in and of itself. But mm -hmm. then how, you know, doing that along with managing your Air National Guard, because you went, you know, yeah. at year 15, you became a traditional, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, how, do you, how did you prioritize self-care and personal time amidst all the demands of your dual careers, right? You know, yeah. and, and do you, what advice do you have for others who are in that position? Um, or in this case, like, may have a similar trajectory or a path, like, all right, I'm 10 years into the guard and I need to start focusing on my civilian career. I need to start planning for that rainy day. Right. So mm -hmm. well, I, with work-life balance and advice, what, what, what do you have for, for those? Um, so like I said, first of all, you have to know that whatever you're going to do in that next phase, you're going to like doing it or love doing it. Okay. Right? And, um, 
for me to have that work-life balance, it meant being closer to home. I didn't have a good work-life balance full-time in Delaware. It took me an hour, sometimes two hours to get to work. Same thing coming home. So I was burnt out. Yeah. DLA is six minutes from my house. I can walk to work if I need to. That's nice. You know, I can, I can walk to work. We telework too. We have telework, you know. So I have that free time to be with my family. It helped me financially so I can go on vacations. You know, I, I think since I left the guard, I increased my pay probably about $40,000 $40, a year, you know. Um, so it gave me that, that work-life balance, right? It gave me that work-life balance. It was, it was hard because I, I had anxiety first. All I knew was the guard. But I was like, I had to jump out there. I had to do it because it may have benefited me to leave. And it did, you know. So yeah. I took that step. And my advice for others would be, don't be scared, mm -hmm. right? And listen to yourself. I knew when I started second guessing, you know, how long I wanted to be here. Because before I would just get up every day, go to work, and just be okay with going to work. But then yeah. I was like, man, do I need to, or do I want to? So I was like, you know what? I, 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 I can't second guess myself. I got to make the decision. And I watch others around me. I watched all the old guys burnt out at the end of their career, you know, and now they're just sticking around. Not even, they're not even doing anything. You know, they're just sitting around because they're scared to let it go. Yeah. They're scared to let it go, you know? So you have to just let it go. And just, you know, just, I, I'm, a, I'm a man of God. Like, I, you know, I pray, you know, and I, I'm like, you know, this might be the best thing for me. And it wound up being the best thing for me. I won't lie, the first year was rough. I yeah. actually took a pay cut the first year because I was in a training program. Mm -hmm. So I took a pay cut, but I knew after the training program ended, my pay would increase. I would start being able to telework, you know. But, um... <laughs> I would definitely tell people, you just got to do it. You just got to, if you're ready to, and like I said, listen to yourself and just take that, take that leap, take that leap. And, and I will say when I left to be full-time and became a traditional, it was tough because I was so used to being knowledgeable about everything that went on in the shop. When you come in one week in a month, you don't know a damn thing. I yep. started losing all the knowledge. You know, some of the younger airmen that come to me and ask me questions, and I'm like, ah, I'll get back to you. Yeah. I'll get back to you. <laughs> and before, I knew it right off the top. Oh, yeah, you go here, it's in the teal over there, you know. So they get a kick out of testing me because now they <laughs> want to make me look more Mr. Know-it-all, don't know-it-all anymore. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. plays on your ego, you know. But um, <laughs> I learned how to, I learned, I learned that, you know what, now I have a different <clears> role. It's not up to me to come in and work on equipment when I come in on drill weekends. It's up to me to put out fires. It's up to me to inspire younger airmen, be a mentor, be part of the next two program that we started, you know, and do that. I'm on my way out. I'm, I'm just there now to encourage people to be better, to be there as a resource, and finish it out when my time is done, you know. Yeah. I, I, I had, and I had to learn. I think a, a lot of times with supervisors and leaders, Especially when you came up working, you was part being in the mix all the time. You was there touching equipment or, you know, loading the planes, 
you always want to do that. But yeah. when you get to a certain point, you have to realize that your role is changing. Your role is to be in the office. Yeah. Your role is to do paperwork. Go sit in board meetings. Go get screamed at by the commander. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So once Those I great realized points. that, <laughs> once I realized that, it was easy. I was just coming on a drill weekend. They look at me like, Feast, you're not going to do any work? No, that's not my job. That's your job. I didn't work for the last 15 to 20 years. Now you do that. Yeah. Just tell me if we have a problem. You know, I'm going to go get my coffee and look like I'm important. You know? <laughs> I, I, um, and you know this, but one of the inspiring, um, uh, motivators for, for, for this and, and me doing the podcast and acknowledge to action is the significant of acknowledge. Cause you know, in our checklist and our operational checklist, the most important, if not the most critical word we have in that checklist is acknowledge mm. any crew member on it. It's like, well, whether, you know, it's after takeoff checks, you know, when they initiate that acknowledge and all crew mm -hmm. members do that, mm -hmm. you can't do anything, nor should you do anything until you acknowledge it. So the advice you gave, is very important because you're you're putting tools and toolbox in a perspective in, in somebody's world now for them to help them acknowledge when their time comes right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How, how, however it may be it's like you have to acknowledge that you know mm -hmm. internally that you, you're having a hard time with something or you're desiring a different sort of trajectory whether it's mm -hmm. career uh, in the guard um, civilian career, education. I mean, you name it, the list goes mm -hmm. on and on. Mm -hmm. So that is really great. And it really, it's an awesome way to kind of like uh, on the tail end of, of our, of this episode, because it really sets in a, an amazing um, tone and, and a foundation for, for those that tap into because hearing your experience is like, you, you said something. It's like, sometimes we learn, from others by like i'm not doing what he or she did right you know? and right. that's i mean i don't i hope that doesn't come across as negative but it's just facts it's, it's facts. just real it's, it's, it's real world it's like and but when we do have the opportunity or the access point to man what he's doing is that's what i want to do in my own way like i want to mm -hmm. take those tools those resources his and i believe that's what mentorship is mm -hmm. is to mm -hmm to help others identify their course act, to put tools mm -hmm. in their toolbox that they mm -hmm. have access to. Mm -hmm. So they could plan for that rainy day. They could plan for those trials and tribulations that th th they're going to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, so on that note, one, I want to say thank you, but um, I, you know, cause we're going to go into some of the outro questions here. We're going to have a little bit of fun on the tail end of things, but um, you touched upon a lot of great points today, which is uh, incredibly valuable, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and this is going to be a steady question. I'm going to ask all, all, all the guests on, on the mm -hmm. podcast. How does acknowledging the unique challenges faced by the National Guard Reserves, the veteran community, and the families serve as a crucial starting point for, for addressing the issues effectively? Everything we kind of talked about, when I say issues, the, you know, you're 20 years. I mean, you, there, there's a lot you've yeah. dealt with and you conquered some things and we had some experience that just beat us down, right? Yeah, it's the nature of the beast, right? So, mm -hmm. what advice would you would you have to for for others to deal with those sort of life challenges effectively beyond the uniform, in the uniform, and beyond the uniform? <clears throat> I think we have to get to a point where we know how to establish our own peace. Okay. Once I learn how to establish my own peace, stress didn't affect me as much. 
you know yeah. you know we all deal with some form of ptsd something you know if we deployed and did it we all deal but being able to find what my piece is like my family my daughters mm. you know that always helped reset me that always helped reset reset okay. me. like it's like when i'm dealing and i'm like ah why am i doing this what what's going on why am i still here oh, i just need to get out of here and it's like I'm here because I want my kids to have a better future, hmm. right? That's my piece. You yeah, know, that's my piece. So it's like, you know, I so some somebody in leadership so you like you're always nonchalant about everything. I mean, I'm at peace, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm at peace. I can't change. I, if certain things you can change, certain things you can't change. You know, so that would be my advice. Try to find your peace, and that is what's going to help you out of every situation. Okay, you gotta have something to grab onto, whether it's your family, God, whatever. You gotta have something to grab onto. That now that 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 is really great advice. You know, to, like you said, to have have, have that peace, have that something to ground us out. Like you yeah, said, you, sure. I can't say it any better. I mean, that, that that's pretty. You know, when you identify that, and it's one of those things you can't unexperience and unlearn. Mm -hmm. Once you know what your piece is, in my opinion, nothing can stop you. you yeah. Life could throw whatever it, it throws at you, but you got yeah. this. It's like, yeah. cause you got your piece. Like it, it makes it more, more manageable. Uh, yeah. Cause you said like when, when's not a matter if, but when stress does hit us, you're mm -hmm. managing stress instead of stress mm -hmm. managing you. Managing and you. Mm -hmm. That that's the power of, of acknowledgement to take that action, right. To put it yeah. in a nice sort of like packaged sort of yeah. approach. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. So th this is great. I, I can't I, thank I, you enough. I will say I got there too through therapy. Okay. I got there through therapy and I know a lot of, a lot of military members have a hard time or acknowledging the fact that they need to go to therapy. Yes. You know, uh, I've, I've been going through therapy consistently, probably the last five or six years. Yeah. Right. I've used every resource possible to get there. I get it for free too. I use every resource possible <laughs> to get it for free, but it always works. You know, it always works. My toughest times, they help, therapy helps me acknowledge things about myself and it helps me pull back those layers that stopping me from succeeding emotionally, you know, and um, it help, it's helping me get to my peace. I won't, I, I won't say I'm all the way there, because I have, you know, but I'm there where I can sit back. You know, sometimes it might take a little Hennessy in the beer, but I can sit <laughs> back. Yeah. I can sit back there and say, Hey, all right, you know, it's not that bad. You know, you, you, you're, you inventorying this situation. And that's great. I'm so glad you said that. Like it's okay. And arguably necessary for us to find a therapeutic. I mean, and that means traditional clinical, um, mm -hmm. services. Great. Go for it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I use it. I use VA services as well because we mm -hmm. need an outlet to process, you know, because the, the critical P of the acknowledge to action process is processing. Right. Mm -hmm. And we need mm -hmm. to process in a safe, healthy manner. And there's a lot yes. of different ways. Some people hike podcasts. I think it's like episode five or six. We're going to talk about mental health. We're going to yeah. talk about, you know, we're going to get into the, the, the specifics of, yeah. so this sets a good tone and, and we, we I'll feature some of these. Well, more as this evolves, so will the information and, yeah. and sharing of this information on and you know incorporate into future episodes. So yeah. thanks. 
on a parting note, so what what I like to do because um, I didn't get a chance to talk about it. I used to do the Veteran Power Hour podcast, right? And mm-hmm. That's when I was at Monco Radio when I was at the, the the community college, Montgomery County Community College, and I had access to a full studio and it was awesome. And I had access to to music, right? Mm-hmm. So a big part of what I did with the Veteran Power Hours was how I was had an outro song. So yeah. I, I'm um, gonna build a playlist that's gonna be accessible mm-hmm. on Spotify. Um, you know, Apple Music and all are your traditional steam, streaming services, right? So, what song do you want to dedicate to the podcast? Oh man, this is a tough <laughs> one because I listen to so much music. Yeah, but whenever somebody asks me about a song, I always have whatever version of it it is. You know, because we keep redoing the songs, but it's always <laughs> that "Forever Young." I wanna be forever young. That's my song. You know, so I would say that, you know, uh, so cool. that's, that's my song. That's my song. So you can put that up there. All right. I, I, I will. This, this was awesome. Nafis and, you know, in the uniform, senior master sergeant Bea. Thank you. Nafis, my friend. Uh, this was awesome. I, I, I really, really appreciate this. Um, and, you. um, you know, I value your time and all this is feedback. And I know this is going to impact so many others as as this grows so will the outreach to to those who who uh, are in need of this so i can't thank you enough thank you for your service um and i look forward to staying connected and engaged with you yeah for sure keep doing it man because this what you're doing is very important what you're doing is very important and um uh men and women of the services they need this you know they need this you know um because you never know what somebody's going through. And it's a clip that you can have, and it'll change their life. You know, it'll ch- it could change their life. Whatever advice, whatever, it can change their life. So you got to keep it up. I will. I, I appreciate that motivation. I, I do. Yeah. Um, and yeah. uh, so until next time, man. For sure. Invite me back. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, you, yes. You have a, always, always. Yeah. And uh, we could co-host an episode in the future. So the, the, there's so many different ways um, and directions that this is going to go. Like yeah. Sloan Steady wins the race. We're just going to, I'm going to take it one lap at a time, you know, yeah, and, and, sure. and just really get some good feedback. So I, I, I appreciate it. All right. All right. Uh, All right, man. I'll talk to you. All right. All right. This officially concludes episode one of the Acknowledge to Action podcast. A big shout out to Nafis. What an amazing guest to have for our inaugural episode. Just within a few days of this episode being released on March 1st, he retired from the United States Air, from the United States Air Force after 21 years of service. Man, what, what an honor to have him on here as our first guest and to you know be able to give him a shout out just a small shout out recognition for 21 years of service a huge congratulations to Nafis for this accomplishment it was great having him here and I can't thank him enough the music playlist the acknowledge to action music playlist will be accessible on Spotify in addition to the acknowledge to action website as well this Playlist will grow as our interviews grow. Um, occasionally, I'll drop a song in there, but you will at the very minimum always have an added song uh, for each respective guest that's on here. We look forward to staying connected and engaged with you, and always remember, embrace the journey. Until next time.